0: Hi folks, Chris Voss here from the Chris Voss show.com. The Chris Voss show.com. Hey, we're coming here to another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, or relatives. Give us a five star review over there on iTunes. We really appreciate it. The Chris Voss show. 13 years and going. The family that loves you but doesn't judge you. Who knew that was going to happen? So anyway, guys, as we approach our 13th year, we're really happy to have you guys with us. This month alone, at the end of this month, I believe it's September 31st or, no, it's October 31st or September 1st, we hit 30 and we're up 30% just this month alone from the crazy numbers that we always have. So thank you for sharing the show out. Thanks for telling all your friends. And hopefully you're going to make us a a great crowning achievement here at the end of the month. We certainly appreciate it. The thing just doubles and doubles every year and does the whole, all the years prior every year for the last three to four years. So we're kind of excited to see how the numbers come on the end of this month for the show as much as you can go to linkedin.com our big linkedin newsletter over there and also go to all our big group of 120,000 on linkedin.com all our groups facebook linkedin twitter instagram and goodreads.com For chris voss thanks for tuning in we've got an amazing author and business mind on the show he's the author of the book find your six Stop lead generating and start building influence. It just came out. Well, it came out September first, twenty twenty one. Is is there a paperback coming out, Patrick? There is actually at the others oh, year. There you go. There you go. So we have a pending paperback. Patrick Kilner is on the show with us today. He's going to be talking about his amazing book and everything that's in it and what he's learned over the years, at least what we can cram into a 30 minutes to an hour. He is the author, of course, Find Your Six, a speaker and businessman. He's created and led three companies, collectively the Kilner Companies, two in real estate, and one in training services. Over two decades as a real estate agent and entrepreneur, Pat realized that traditional models of transactional lead generation weren't fit for the modern world. Searching for an answer to propel his business to new heights, he studied the philosophies that have governed business for thousands of years and landed on one simple principle, a network of trusted influencers will always be a professional's biggest asset. Welcome to the show, Patrick. How are you? Great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Awesome sauce. It's good to have you on. Give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebage.
1: You can just go to patrickkilner.com or findyoursix.com. Either one takes you to the same place and download all sorts of free resources on the book. Learn a little about me. Kick the tires on the book. We get a free, free a bunch of free stuff on on the website, including the first chapter of the book. Nice, nice. So is this your first book? It is. Awesome. What motivated you want to write this book? Well, I, I guess a, a couple of things. I had been training people in my organizations for a number of years and and was training people outside of those organizations. And of all the things that I was training, when they when I would get to training them on how to build networks, they said, I've never heard anything like this. You should write a book about it. This, I've never seen anything about building networks and how to become disruption proof as a result of the networks that you build like anything that you like like what you're bringing out here so that that motivated me and frankly i think the just the personal challenge of writing a book you know so many people say i have got a book in me I, I i i i'm sure i can do it i thought well there's probably a lot of people who say that who just don't sit down and and make it happen it's true and so I wanted to become a better writer and, and hired a great editor who kicked my rear end for two years while I while I made this thing happen.
0: There you go. I mean, it's people think it's easy, but man, it's, it's not. I mean, when I wrote my book what, last year, I had a whole crew of people that were like, we were in a, oh, what do you call it? We were in an accountability group. Mm-hmm. And the accountability group's goal was each of us would need to write an hour a day on the book we were working on. And I had some really good people and, you know, we were, you know, we we're supposed to cheerlead each other and they did a great job cheerleading me and I them, hopefully. But in the end, they just all fell away and I was the only one who, who finished.
1: How and many people were in the group initially?
0: Six. I think six. I think there were six and then I think we went to eight because two people joined midway and then they fell off. But it was at least six. So and
1: only one, only you finished it.
0: Only me finished it. And we would post our hours every day. And so, you know, we would all just start like doing an hour, doing an hour, doing an hour. And then I started, you could see me ramping where I was doing three to six hours, you know, and I have owned companies since I was 18. So I have all these stories, you know, like you of, of multiple companies and building them and stuff. So I have all these stories. I'm like a griot that's been walking around telling my stupid stories for 35 years. So it was really easy just to put it all down on paper kind of, but then the formatting and the editing, but I'm, I'm glad you got through it. Uh, A lot of people just don't realize how hard it is. And I think that's why when you become an author, people are like, ooh, can I touch you? And you're like, no, stay away from me.
1: (laughs) Well, and learning to get your butt kicked on a regular (laughs) basis and and being open to that. Like, you know what? I haven't done this before, so I probably suck at writing. Yeah, I I write emails every day. I write stuff for people to study every day. But I don't write books in the form that this thing came out in. Mm-hmm. And, man, thank God for good editors and people people who, who were willing to give me really, really great feedback along the way.
0: Yeah, and it's brutal too, man. I mean, like the editor, you'll hand the editor like, uh, I don't know, 50,000 words and they hand you back like a page. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, that the rest of that was complete I shit. I think we've but got
1: something in here. If
0: you, could, if you can just expand on this, these 1,000 words that we – didn't throw out then uh, that would be great. So, Absolutely. let's talk about the title of the book. I, I actually want to delve a little bit into your history. You you you've owned three companies. How long you've been doing business for yourself or you've been working for yourself? Been at
1: this for 20 years. 20 you know, years. Yeah, you know, and I got in 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 the real estate space and I've done everything on, you know, commercial, residential, land acquisition, working with builders. That's been a blast and and built a company that now if i get hit by a bus it continues which is you know my definition of a, of, of a really great company is something that's leverageable like that yeah and but you don't want to get hit by the bus though no too. ideally it's, no also none <laughs> I just feel a deep obligation to the people who you know are in the company who you know if something happens to me and it will at some point but what um, if what if the
0: people in the company hit you with the bus have you figured have you yeah i've got to for that? Like that okay all right
1: <laughs> hire really good people too yeah that helps you don't see him coming
0: yeah, that, that's true. That's true. I I tell all my people if you're gonna take me out and my and my ex wives, I'm like if you're gonna take me out, just just don't let me see it coming. That's the main thing. Just short, sharp, shock.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just yes. I
0: mean if you if you want me to stand still, just let me know if you want me to stand still. Just I don't want to see the sniper scope. I don't want to don't see let the me flack. see black. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. I want to be smiling and happy and probably not around you, not you personally, but. <laughs> you know, the X, Y anyway. So what, what, what types of real estate have you been in? Like, give
1: us a, a- so yeah, I, I mean, so the residential side, so your classic, you know, I got in as a real estate agent, you know, what you think of the classic real estate agent cut my teeth mm-hmm. and, but simultaneously had, I had a mentor who taught me also the, the commercial side. So I got kicked out of buildings Going door to door, trying to figure out how long people's leases were, all of that stuff as, you know, in my twenties, as well as doing that on the, on the residential side, learning the scripts, pounding the phones, looking for people who couldn't sell their house, who I was going to come and save them and, you know, be there, be their new fiduciary. And, you know, as they, as they, you know, oftentimes, by the way, when you're calling people who fail to sell their house, they're pretty disgruntled. So that, those were, that was like getting your teeth kicked in every day. And and then, you know, we do, we now do at this point, land acquisition, work with developers. That's really cool, fun stuff. You got to know what you're doing to be able to do that because you can you can mess up stuff pretty easily. But, you know, and, and picking up rentals and, and you know, building portfolios for folks that way as well, which is a lot know. of fun. So kind of, that's part of the beauty of this industry is that you can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You got to become really good at a few things early on that enable you to fund the rest of it.
0: There you go. There you go. And so you you write this book. Where did the title originate from?
1: So a lot of people think, well, it it came from a military background like who's got your six. And and that's a little bit on purpose. It's a bit of a coincidence. And it really is. I mean, if you take that paradigm, it really is the people in your life who have your back, regardless of the market conditions. What I found in business is that people who when when there is a disruption, because disruption hits every single type of business, every type of industry, the people who have a deep network with people who have their back are the people who survive disruptions, right? Whether whether they're personal disruptions, you know, you get you go through a divorce, you go through, you know, losing a kid, you go through all sorts of stuff. If you have the right people in your life, you're gonna stay steady. The same is true in business. Hmm. And what I had seen is that everything that was fed to me about how to go make business actually happen early on was tied up in this concept that in the book I call lead generation. Mm. Now I have a line item in my budgets that is lead generation. Like what are you spending in order to make business come in the door? Right. That Mm -hmm. it's so pervasive that, that, you know, that's what it looks like. What I found is that the people that I interviewed who were, who had had the most, longevity in their careers who had killed it for, for the most time were people who had found just a handful of really potent talent that they Mm -hmm. could build their business around. And so instead of being talent seekers, just to build their company, they actually were talent seekers of people outside of their company to make sure that their, that their brand, that, that what they were doing was indispensably important in the marketplace. -hmm. And people who had done the lead generation stuff, whether they had been geographical farmers or people you know pounding the phones and just grinding for dollars through you know learning new scripts, they didn't have anything that was unique and and valuable in the marketplace when tech disrupted the marketplace, or when you know when when two thousand eight hit and you know half of the real estate agent population was cut from one point five you know to to seven hundred fifty thousand people. That's that's a huge in three years. Yeah. By would, the way, yeah. that's an absurdly large industry. One point five million people. Yeah. Right? Um, I
0: felt it. We had a mortgage company for twenty years. Yeah, it I, it just
1: yeah. Absolutely. And so, if what I found is the people that made it through that did not have a lead gen mindset, hmm. and they had, and this is sort of the message for business owners that I that I encapsulate in the book is that when. When you go into business, it's your job to build it indispensably good and not just to be damn good at your craft, but also to surround yourself with people that will allow you to continue when disruption hits. So these are the people that are going to refer oh. you to business. These are people that are going to act as your board of advisors. So whether you're trying to launch a business, you know most, most small businesses fail because they, they don't have the right advice. Mm. And having the right people in their court is essential. You can read all the books you want. I just wrote a book. It's a great book, but you can sit down with somebody who's been through their own, their own trials over the course of 20, 30, 40 years, who's going to distill how to make it in business much better than any book you're ever going to read. There you go. So, you know, we live in a world where everyone's trying to get lead generation
0: from like Facebook or, you know, TikTok's the latest, biggest thing. You know, people are trying to always generate leads and run ads and blah, 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 blah. What's the mindset then? Is different with your program over over that.
1: Yeah, well, it was super interesting that as I did the research, you know, we, we only began using the term lead generation in 1976. Oh, wow. Like, prior to that, we didn't actually, there, there was plenty of incredibly like, awesome businesses prior to 1976 i think we can all agree but what we didn't have was after 1976 we we start to get into a, a situation where we are we're treating the consumer as a lead and as soon as that shift happens like we all know as a consumer what it feels like when someone's just trying to close us to the deal yeah right? like and, and and it sucks right we're like mm-hmm. this is Why am I going to trust you? I just know you're trying to sell me something here. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain types of transactions. That's fine. Like, what would you like? Do you want fries with that? Okay. You're trying to close me to the fries. And yes, I actually want the fries, but that's a transactional trust. I'm perfectly fine with that. Mm -hmm. There's other types of business where transactional trust doesn't, doesn't make you disruption proof. Mm -hmm. Right. So think about how many, how many, how many people do you know? who are still travel agents?
0: I don't know any. I,
1: I never knew any before either, but yeah, I know yeah. one actually on Facebook. There was like a bunch. Yeah. Like 20 years ago. There's a lot. There was like a thing to do. People would get, okay, I'm going to go become a travel agent, right? It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I can visit r- really cool spots. It's basically an industry that's wiped out.
0: Mm-hmm. With COVID. Yeah.
1: With COVID. But even pre, like, you know, there is, there's just not that many of them. And oh, you yeah, can yeah, actually, online ticketing and on, online booking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So when your job can be done better by tech, mm. you're disruptible. Mm. And so when when tech, right, AI just learns how to do lead gen better than human beings and it do it does it, it learns faster and it does it round the clock. So if what you're doing on a daily basis can be imitated by AI, mm-hmm. then you're gonna be out of job pretty soon, which yeah. makes your career pretty disruptible. And so if you can position yourself outside of a lead gen paradigm, right? Cause lead gen is just being, being replaced by, by AI or by people offshore who can do it for cheaper, right? We outsource most of our, in most businesses before AI, we just went, Hey, we'll, we have 50 people in the Philippines smiling and dialing using mm-hmm. the same scripts that we taught you, but you live in a much more expensive place and, 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 you know, you have as many hours of the day, waking hours of the day as they do, but they can do it at different hours than you. So what, what I'm combating is what I've seen over the years is people who end up burning out of their careers because what they've been taught to do and all they ever do is a lead gen approach hmm. to things. And for it
0: is, from that angle, huh?
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things I, I'll ask people is, okay, at the beginning of the year, you started, you started off into whatever career you're in. You're, you, you're a mortgage loan officer, right? Hey, you started this the beginning of the year. You had certain goals. How are you tracking towards those goals? We're six months into the year, right? Seven months into the year. We're tracking to here. Okay, so maybe you were a little op- optimistic at the beginning of the year. What tool do you have in your back pocket that's going to bridge the gap between where you are today and where you want to be by the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Let's go hit those goals. And they write that tool down and I'll ask them, okay, well, how many of you are excited about deploying that tool every day, five days a week, six days a week for the next three to five years Mm -hmm. so that you can have really build the business that you're, that you have always wanted and almost nobody raises their hand because what they've written down is almost all lead generation tactics. Mm. And then I'll say, well, okay, you got kids. If, if you have kids, is that the type of thing that you would want to give your kids in order for them to have deeply fulfilling, flourishing careers in the future? And of course, nobody raises their hand. And so if, if you are not deeply excited about doing it yourself and wouldn't transfer that knowledge to your kids, Uh then what are you doing spending the precious time that you have on this earth in that type of activity? I, I, I classify it as lead gen and that, it, it's meant to be sort of an abrasive idea, right? Like, gosh, we all talk about lead gen; it's ubiquitous. But at the end of the day, nobody at your funeral goes, "You know, he was the best damn lead donor. That 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 might be
0: the only thing they'd say about me. He was a real <laughs> jerk and an asshole, but he did generate some leads. A couple leads <laughs> it was pretty good, pretty good. That so this is pretty interesting because so many. I think I think you're right. So many people think from lead generating. I mean. You know, I I don't know about you, but I always get hit up by those people on LinkedIn who go right for the throat. They don't even qualify you, they don't even warm you up, they don't take yep. you to dinner. They just go, Hey, do you want some business? And you're just like, I I don't deal in metals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and stop acting like you know me. Exactly. And it's it's always funny too. It's like it's like, do you prequal do you qualify people first? Like, hey, do you use this? No. Okay, well move on. It's like it's just right. it's always so funny. It's like hey, you know, they want to sell you something that you don't need and you're just like, What's going on? But there you know, their focus is like you say, just lead generation, lead, 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 lead. In fact, do you, you wanna buy, do you wanna buy, do you
1: wanna buy. buy? If not, yeah. you're you're dispensable. Yep. What's interesting that dispensability goes the opposite way. So like millennials say like who are getting pitched literally at every swipe, every click online, right? Mm-hmm. As a generation, millennials are exceptionally good at picking out whether you're authentic or not. Mm. Because they're being pitched constantly. Yeah. And and so if you want to actually win business from that generation, you actually have to come across very differently.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I give them I offer them participation trophies. And then I'd use the green I, I
1: always tell are- them if
0: you make a purchase, you get a participation trophy. It works every time. No, it's I'm amazing. Those are jokes.
1: Just like, well, yeah, like my kids in soccer. Hey, show up. We're going to, you know, pat you on the rear end. because Yeah. I give them a star on their forehead. Exactly.
0: Works better with Jen. This
1: is going to get a lot of hate posts.
0: <laughs> my, you know what? I, I lost the five people in the millennial crowd, like, I don't know, three years ago. something. so we're good. That and. Most of Alabama, but you know, I think I did a deliverance joke and lost most of Alabama, but I mean, it was two people. So, <laughs> I know. They tremendous. keep coming back. Cause yeah, I don't know. I, I, I there's a joke there I'm not even going to do. All right. So let's talk about this. What is true influence? Because you're talking about true influence as opposed to just lead gen. How do you define that and yeah. how do you develop it?
1: Well, and It's really about the people you hang out with, right? So, you know, those are the
0: people from Alabama. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah, there's not
1: enough. Call back on this. Right. There's, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there's this old, I think it was Jim Rohn who said, you know, you're the average of the five people that you hang out with the most, right? Yeah. So that is, I think, I've found that to be certainly true. You you want to get in better shape. It's who are you hanging out with? You want to, you know, have a great spiritual journey. Who are you hanging out with? You want to, you want to develop influence yourself. Who are you Mm -hmm. hanging out with? And so how do you find those people you want to, you want to bring business in the door in a way that, that the most successful people in your marketplace have done for the last 30 or 40 years, go hang out with them, figure out what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So how do you go find those six people? Stock them. Pardon? Stock them. You could stock them. Okay. Probably not the most authentic way to go, but, but that's the, y'all say, I spent I spend half the book talking about, you know, what are you looking for there? Yeah. And, and there are really three, three ways in which you're looking for this talent, right? You're looking mm-hmm. for, you're in a talent search, no matter what business you're in, you're in, you're looking for talent. You're either looking for talent internally to grow your business through great people who come in, who you can train, who you can mentor, or you're looking for people externally. And a lot of people miss that they're actually, you're in the talent game externally. So mm. what are the three characteristics of those people? It's, for me in particular, I think this is the case, especially in service industries, longevity with people. So one of the things that allows people to establish trust is that you you just clock a lot of hours with them. So over the years, I've gotten tons of business from great financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Why wow, they clock a ton of hours with people. Yeah. And that allows them to establish deep trust. Mm -hmm. So those two things really go hand in hand. That longevity question. So who is spending the most time with your ideal client?
0: Oh, my competitors. No, I'm just kidding. There's them, right?
1: Who are they getting them from, right? Can I get
0: them to be my influencer? I'm just
1: kidding. You know, hey, they're going to go out of business eventually anyway. So, you know, that is all I think I
0: did that actually with our first businesses. I wrote about this in my book We my dumpster diving, but it's probably not the referral influencers that you're talking about.
1: It could you know, I've had people actually who I competed with in the marketplace who got out before me and sold me their business. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Which is pretty cool. So don't burn bridges as you're competing. Ah, um, uh that's that's maybe list. maybe a lot. Le- but but I I didn't see them as one of my six. It just you know, it, it happened. But Longevity at a very high level, so you know when people are here's a great example of of longevity one of one of my good friends and a past client in the legal services industry selling stuff to lawyers mm-hmm. went in and found the lady at the front desk who had been there for thirty five years who knew whatever if if the partner was having marital problems if where they if they were out on lunch. Right. If they were, you know, if they're having a good year or not, if they won that case, she knew everything. She, she, she knew where their parking spot was. Wow. She had been there for 35 years. The partners trusted her implicitly. She was the gatekeeper to the biggest firm mm. that he ever landed. Mm-hmm. So longevity, first thing, which enabled her to establish deep trust with the partners. And then the third is the approach to work. And what I'm looking for when it comes to approach to work is somebody who has an owner's mindset. Now, this lady at the front desk had an owner's mindset to her job, Oh wow. which is pretty awesome. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have your name on the side of the building that you're the owner's. A lot of people with side of, name on the side of the building are kind of checked out, but they have other people who are running things and who really feel an ownership of, of the of the organization. So longevity, trust established, and approach to work. And you can kind of think about it as a pyramid. There's a ton of people at the bottom of that pyramid who have very short-term sort of relationships with their clients, a day Mm -hmm. or less, who deal mostly in transactional trust. They're just, you know, do you want fries with that? You know, it's a very, it's a very, hey, if you don't want to buy right now, we don't need to be around each other. And Mm -hmm. they approach things through sort of a Fred Flintstone, like working for the weekend. Hey, hey. I'm you're, you're paying me to be here for only so many hours and I'm out and I'm, I'm done with you after that point. That's, that's very much Mm. not an owner's mindset. Mm. And the people I was looking to network with were the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. They were typically spending clocking a month or more time with people. And that could Mm -hmm. take years. They had a fundamental trust insofar as they, when they were trusted, they made exponentially more money Mm -hmm. than their competitors or mm-hmm. than anybody in their industry, right? So there's people who have oh, a nice bonus if you trust me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's sort of like the middle of the pyramid. But the number of people who you know who are at the top of that pyramid who deal in high level fundamental trust are very, very few. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking for really a one in 20 talent. And so you've, are, you've probably hired out of pain, right? Like somebody leaves and you got to fill that position, right? Yep. Well, if you're not in the talent game, you don't have a bench of talent. You don't know who you're going to put in that spot. Mm -hmm. The same is true for disruption proofing your business when it comes to finding the right people in your marketplace to refer your business, to give you great advice so that when disruption hits, because it's going to hit for everybody,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you're, you're, you're in a really great position. Mm -hmm. And, and that really what's, what's kind of cool about this whole thing is that the amount of time that you have to spend once you find the top of the pyramid people for you Mm -hmm. is hyper-efficient. To the bottom, like, hey, I don't mind talking, by the way, about lead generation. We're talking about a marketing play. Marketing Mm -hmm. is all about, hey, how many eyeballs can we have on things? When it comes to actually getting people committed to purchasing with you, to doing business with you, to putting their name to you, I want that to be a much more efficient conversation. And so- I may have to touch somebody 50 times if I'm doing marketing, but Mm -hmm. if I sit down with somebody who is massively influential in my marketplace, who has the potential to send me serious business and I'm making an investment into that relationship effectively, that's going to be, that's going to be reciprocated Mm -hmm. at least the two to one ratio. Mm -hmm. And then do you, so you do
0: reciprocate back if you're, if you're in these relationships with six other people, you know, you're, you're reciprocating back and passing leads back and forth basically. Is that,
1: well, it's not just a lead, it's not just a lead sharing idea. Like Mm -hmm. anybody can join BNI and do that. Right. Like I was part of that. Right. And that's, you sit down and then the whole objective is that if you can figure out, think about this, if you had six people who you were trying to figure out how to build their business. Mm -hmm. You connected them to other awesome people or other tremendous resources for their business. and you made it your job to figure out how to make sure that they could get through any disruption they were going to come up against. Mm -hmm. They had the internal talent that they needed. They, you know, when you came across a really great resource, because you're in the talent game, you're constantly connecting them to other really influential people. When Mm -hmm. you do that for other people, there's nobody categorically in their mind who they would want to give business to outside of you.
0: There you go. You know, I've met people in my life that are real. They're just like monster lead sharing. I, You know, I know a guy sort of people like I, and I've met two of them in my whole life and you know, they'll call you up they'll way, Hey, I met this guy and I think he might be able to help you do business. And they're like this hub. Yeah. Uh, might be the best way to describe them and they're like a hub and it's just like jesus they know everybody and everybody knows them right and they'll they'll constantly be referring to business and 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 they're like hey like you can call them and go hey do you know a guy who knows a guy and you know that sort of thing right. not that sort of not like a jersey thing We're like hey i know a guy they but you know like you know so i met a few of those and and they are quite extraordinary people to have in your life when you can find them. But is it hard to find
1: these people and develop these? And how long does it take to usually develop them? Do you usually find them? So that was a big part of codifying this. What I found is people people who had lasted in their careers longest, over the course of their entire career, they basically accidentally found six. So that was what was interesting hmm. about the research on the book Is I sat down with the most experienced people I knew typically at the end of their careers. and I'd interview them and the average number of people that were pivotal for them to getting to where they, where they wanted to be and where they had sort of who they had become professionally was just six people, which is pretty, pretty tremendous. I expected it to be 20 or 30 or more people, but it was just a handful plus one. Wow. So that was really kind of a, a, a wild thing. Then the question was, okay, what did they do that was accidental to them? that I could codify and put into a system for going and finding those people faster. Like what if you're just starting a business, you're in your twenties, you're just starting a business and Mm -hmm. you gosh, what would it look like if you found your six in the first year of being in business? That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be stinking tremendous. And that's what the book is, is actually on my website, I give a find your six challenge. And Mm -hmm. the premise is I want to kick people off to be able to find these folks in six months to a year. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for a one in 20 talent. And if you're having the right type of conversation with one person a day, every single day, but you have to, you have to know who you're looking for and you have to be really artful at the conversation. I spent an entire chapter on the art of those conversations and continue and invest into people correctly. This is not speed dating marketing, right? This is, Mm -hmm. or, or speed date networking, right?
0: It's not that link, those LinkedIn emails then?
1: No, not, it's not that, It's not showing up to like a chamber of commerce and handing out as many stinking cards as you can, as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's much more purposeful and focused than that. So, how to go find those people and have the right conversation? You can do it in a year, and and it's and what it's like, accelerant. It just it grows. It's just how much do you want to put in the, into the account early on to allow for compounding interest to work for you? Mm-hmm. You can take your entire career or you can do it in a year. And, mm-hmm. and that's the idea behind the book is, you know, this does not take you longer. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we think, well, oh gosh, the relationship thing that takes tons and tons of time. Like mm-hmm. it's much faster to just do their lead gen thing. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Uh, in your
0: book, you talk about how to win back time for the most important people in your life. Talk to us about what that means,
1: what that's about. I'm glad you touched on that. That's uh, so, You know, here's, I mentioned the efficiency of finding these people at the top of your pyramid and we have a paradigm in my businesses, which is, you know, spend your professional time, effort, and money on the most influential people that you can find on a daily basis in your business, whoever that is, right? It's going to change depending on the person, the business location, Mm -hmm. so that you can spend your personal time, effort, and money with in my case, it's typically the people running around in diapers who have my same last name, right? Those are the most important people to me, you know? And and so I want to go spend time with them. But when I step out the door to go do what I do, I feel an obligation to go spend time with the most influential people to bulletproof my business, no matter what happens, and to, to have the most efficient use of my time. Because I, I actually want to put down my phone at six o'clock and have dinner. Mm-hmm. And actually, be present to them, and not have to respond to the lead that came in at nine o'clock in the evening, right? But if you put in the time correctly, you can have leverage.
0: Definitely, definitely. The uh, I noticed on your website here that uh, you can order the first chapter if people want to take and sample it. Uh, you know, a lot of people go to Amazon, but they can go to your website and you get a free chapter uh, right on the website. Get a free chapter, so you yeah. can kind of delve into it. And to kind of understand it more, you talk about how to give the gift of influence to others. How does that work? Well,
1: think about finding these people, you know, you become the people that you hang out with, you're going to become an influencer. And by mm-hmm. the way, when you think about just in a first year, if five days a week, you're having one really amazing conversation with a different person every single day, you're going to have an amazing conversation. We used to call it Rolodexes back in the day, right? But you're gonna have an amazing group of people that you can refer to others. And you're gonna be at this you're gonna be central to that. You're gonna be the hub to that. And so what do people need who are influential themselves? They need connections to other influencers. Mm-hmm. So the gift of influence is really a gift of wisdom. What do people need who have it all, if you will, right? You know, they don't need they don't need a new wallet or a new wristwatch. They need they need connections to other really stinking wise people Mm -hmm. because, you know, wisdom is kind of the only thing worth going for these days, right? Information and knowledge even is kind of ubiquitous. It's, it's just a few clicks away and a a few articles written or read, but what being able to wisely deploy your business into the marketplace is the only thing that makes you disruption proof and indispensable. So go hang out with those people on a daily basis. What's cool about this is when you ask people the question, like, okay, now would you do that every day, five days a week for two hours a day for the next three to five years and be more excited about it at the end of that time frame?" Everybody says, yeah, that'd be a stinking blast, mm-hmm. but I don't actually believe I'd make money at it yet because I don't have a system for it. Mm-hmm. That's why I wrote the book. There you go.
0: There you go. Well, this has been pretty insightful. You know, most people, you know, they they think from just that kind of that shotgun lead generation approach, and they don't really sit down and and take it from the paradigm that you have. And I've met these type of people. They're they're amazing people when you when you find them, and you know they. I mean, I think everyone gets used to going to them and saying, "Hey, do you know a guy that could do this?" And they know everybody. Like they'll meet people and refer you and. And they'll be like, Hey, I know a guy that you should talk to. Here, here he is and stuff. Do you usually, I, my last question, do you usually, do you usually need to set up with these six people, a payment, kickback, referral fee sort of Absolutely
1: arrangement?
0: Right. Absolutely right. no. So these are people that we're, we're all helping each other out, rocking yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, that's what, especially the most influential people, you know, they, they're not going to, they're not going to wonder if they're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. They know they're going to make enough money. They don't need a kickback. What they need is creative ideas from other people who are in, you know, the one thing that, that doesn't work. If you're not in a growth phase, you're going to be a relatively weak influencer of people. Mm -hmm. And I know people who are in growth phases well into their sixties and early seventies. They're just constantly trying to grow because it's a habit at that point. And they may be technically at the end of their career, but they're still in a growth phase, but what i'm looking for is is people who who have that desire for personal and professional growth and when you find those people what they're looking for is something altogether different than just the monetary thing because look you know we're all going to do do a lot of business together mm-hmm. and i may i mean i've had people who i know i'm not going to run across a lead for you but once a year mm-hmm. but i can add value to your business in a really great way there you go. I can I can make amazing connections to you. So, what would it look like if every day you had one of those conversations, you set up one of those conversations, and you made an awesome connection between two badasses in your marketplace, and you were the reason why they connected? Who's the first person they're going to talk about when they when they meet? It's you, that person. Yeah, it's you. And, and and so and so you talk about like that's the greatest free marketing on the face of the earth, and and you can be the center of it.
0: Awesome sauce. A great way to think about doing business because, yeah, I mean, the qualified referrals from people that are smart and, and trusted makes all the difference than just, you know, going around and sending messages to people. On LinkedIn.
2: <laughs>
0: so maybe, maybe what you should do is whenever you get those messages from LinkedIn, you can, you can counter them and just say, Hey, the, buy my book. This might be a better way to go about what you're doing.
1: We could. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. There you go. I'd, and Pat, I'd, be like, I'd sell a lot
0: of books that way, Chris. You, you probably would. Based on the messages I get, I mean, I yeah. got like sixty thousand, thirty thousand followers, thirty thousand max in the thing. The messages I get, holy freaking crap! Maybe I'll sell your book for you. And- and whatever, we'll just change leads or something. I don't know. I'll give
1: you, I'll give you a kickback. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. So Pat, you also do speaking as well. We should probably throw that in there as we go. Yeah,
1: they do. I do. There you um, go. One Pick of I favorites.
0: for things. speaking for your favorite
1: corporate event. Pat, give me your .com so people can find you on the airways, please. So yeah, again, patrickkilner.com or find your six, S-I-X, all spelled out, .com. That's there where you, you need to go. There you go. Thanks
0: for coming on the show, Pat. We really appreciate it. Chris, it was a blast. Thanks for having me. There you go. Or (laughs) Folks, it's Monday. Order up the book wherever fine books are sold, but remember, stay out of those alleyway bookstores. You'll need a tetanus shot, and I got shanked in one last week, so uh, don't do that. I wouldn't buy the watch that he was offering. Anyway, find your six. Stop lead generating and start Building influence. You wanna check that out, baby out, watch for the pending paperback coming out later this year. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be good to each other, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.